Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Let me get into the word of the Lord. I don't won't belabor any longer. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 is where I will begin my reading today. And this is one of my favorite portions of scripture in the entire Bible. I love Acts chapter 19 for, for multiple different reasons. And there's a lot of things that that take place in that chapter, some things that really are instructive. But today I want to talk about, you know, what Paul was going, you know, how his ministry was kind of in full scale here and a lot of things were happening and I'm not going to explain it all. We'll just read it and get started. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So he was using Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the Diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. This is where we kind of get our whole thing, where we will have prayer cloths. I mean, it's right here in the Bible, and we'll we'll pray over a a prayer cloth. Not that there's anything special about that particular cloth, but it's what it symbolizes, what it represents, the prayers that are going forth. And so there was some great miracles taking place here. People were being healed, and evil spirits were departing out of people. When they simply received these cloths, these handkerchiefs from Paul. Then the story kind of takes a little bit of a turn here in verse 13. It says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one, Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So there were seven of these guys that were vagabond Jews. They were just travelers. They were just wanderers. They they really never settled into one place, but they just kind of went from place to place, and they would would stay there as long as it would benefit them, and then they would move on. I've met a few people that are like that. We've got some modern-day... Uh, spiritual vagabonds that, that can never get settled in, never get settled in and, and to a place where they can really take correction, take instruction, grow, but they just bounce around wherever they feel most comfortable, whatever seems to fit their particular mindset at the time. The Bible says that <clears throat> these seven sons of Siva They spoke to a man with an evil spirit, and that evil spirit, in verse 15, speaks back to them. And this is what that evil spirit said. It said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And then they went down to the roller rink that Brother Bryce used to go to and tried to start a fight with Bryce, and Dustin stepped in and took care of things. That's just my version. That's not really in the Bible, in case you were wondering. These seven sons of Siva tried to identify with Jesus and use the name Jesus and the power that comes in the name and with the name of Jesus. But they did not know him. 
They said, we speak to you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, that Jesus. Not that they knew, not that they preached. They were just trying to identify. I want to preach to you a message that I've simply entitled, Identity Protection. You ever wonder why we set up certain standards, why we believe certain things are the best way to live, why we kind of live differently than the average person on the street? I believe that we have something worth protecting, that's why. I want to identify with him, that's why. Amen, I want Jesus to be satisfied with me. Amen, I'm not worried about what the, I'll never satisfy the world until I'm completely destroyed, then they'll just toss me away. But Jesus offers me eternal life. If I'm going to identify with somebody, I want it to be the one that can save me. I want it to be the one that can deliver me. I want to identify with him. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Sister Graham. Amen. I'm sure that by now most everybody has either heard commercials or you've been approached by some solicitation from companies that protect, promise to protect anyway, your identity from being stolen. Has anybody here ever had your identity stolen? You've, you've suffered, you've had to deal with some of that? All right, we've got one, two. We've got several hands up. That, that's a terrible feeling, is it not? <clears throat> I mean, I can remember, I just received something not too long ago, uh, you know, about a there being a breach, and I remember that that emptiness in my stomach that that you you begin to immediately start to worry about uh, your bank accounts or your credit cards or, or you know your identity being stolen. Somebody taking out a loan in your name, and it's a scary thought to think that you could just wake up one morning and find out that that your bank account is empty. Mine doesn't have a whole lot in it, but but it's got enough to pay my bills. It doesn't. Anybody that would be foolish enough to steal my identity and hoping to make it rich, they're going to be sorely disappointed with my bank account. But it is enough to get us by. We do have enough in there to, to take care of our needs and, and, and to have a, a, a comfortable life. And so it's a scary thought for me to think that one day I could just wake up and, and find out that somebody's taken out a, a major loan in my name and now I have to deal with this or somebody has charged up all kinds of charges or emptied one of my bank accounts or done something like that that left me in a lurch. But it happens every single day. With the age of the computer, millions of people can now sit at home. And as I am very much extremely aware, order things online and out of all the millions of people that still didn't, COVID changed all, all that. All the people that were scared to order online. Now, now my in-laws, they, they don't ever order anything online, but, but he comes to me and he says, can you look this up for me? Can you find me? He's got me searching for tires right now for him. He won't order it online himself, but he's now got me ordering for him. And so that's a beautiful thing. We all enjoy that. I mean, most of you, you, you order things online and you look forward to the day that UPS or FedEx or somebody's going to drop it at your doorstep. Not like this uh, FedEx person here uh, a couple weeks ago that threw 50 of them in the ditch. I had four text messages by 8 a.m. about that whole ordeal. It's like anything that goes wrong with FedEx, everybody immediately comes to me. Was that you? 
Like, what do you know about it? I did, however, track down the local FedEx ground guy here in town. I pulled up. I said, you having a rough day? He said, oh, brother. <laughs> he said, it's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing. He does a great job. Our regular guy is good, but they had hired this other guy from another company to come over, and he'd gone out, scanned all the packages like he'd delivered them, and then dumped about 50 of them in a ditch uh, outside of town here. People were wondering where they got the packages. Finally, somebody pulled it up, and you can tell exactly where the package was scanned, and they drove out to where the package had been scanned, even though it said it was delivered at their house, you can tell the location where it was actually scanned and found all the packages in the ditch. Besides that, there's a lot of millions and billions of packages that go all around the world this day that are at your doorstep simply because you sat down at your computer, you got on your phone or your iPad, and you typed in a few little keys, and, and bingo, here it was in your front yard. That's the good side of things. That's the good side of the computer age. The downside is that there are some people out there with some abilities with computers that have learned how to break in and steal from you, and you may never know it until your financial accounts have all been drained. And that's the part that scares me. That's the part that makes me um, make, change my password every once in a while or come up with something that, that it'd be very difficult for somebody to, to know. I, I want to protect those things. I want to protect my identity. See, back in my day, growing up, we didn't have any of this. You never heard of identity theft. Brother, Brother Glenn, when you were 15, 16 years old, did you ever worry about uh, calling up LifeLock and, and, and getting all of your, uh, your accounts put in them and letting them protect it? We didn't think about that, no. We worried about somebody walking through the door of the bank with a mask on and a gun and saying, give me all your money. I mean... Thieves have it so easy these days. They don't even have to get out of their pajamas. They don't have to put a mask on. They don't have to jimmy any doors. They don't have to pick any locks. They don't have to take any chances of being shot or caught. They just sit away in their dark hole someplace in their PJs, click a few numbers, and rake in millions of dollars simply by stealing someone's identity. Once they have your identity, they can have everything that belongs to you. All they need is your name and some numbers, and they gain authority over your possessions. In my opinion, there is no worse thief than the one who uses my good name to commit crimes. That's why it bothers me when we hear stories about what happened a couple weeks ago, because I'm connected to that company. And I've worked for 30 years for that company trying to make sure and protect its good name. It, it's always stood for something. And that's why it bothers me when somebody tarnishes that name because in some small way they tarnish me. Last night, Christian and I, we went to pick up some supper. We're still in vacation mode. You know, we're not really cooking too much around the house yet. Like, what's everybody want to eat? And so we sat around for 45 minutes trying to figure out what we want, and we play all these games. Okay, we'll pick four, and, the, and everybody gets a certain, and that, none of that worked. And finally, we, we 
figured out that we needed to go to two separate places, okay? We were going to go to one place and get some things for the ladies, and the guys wanted pizza. So we went and picked up our pizza. Christian and Morgan had already paid for that, so I was going to pick up the, the tab for the other food. And we went in, and uh, I stayed out in the car with uh, Silas. And Christian, I had the pizza, hot pizza on my lap, and he, he doesn't know how dangerous that is to leave me alone in a car with a hot pizza. <clears throat> He's lucky he had anything left when he, when he got home. But I was strong and, 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 and kept the faith and <laughs> saved the pizza. I, I handed Christian, I didn't have any cash on me. I handed him my card, my credit card. And he said, you want me to just sign your name? I said, yeah, yeah, just sign my name. So he went in, grabbed the food, and he walked back out and handed me back my card and handed me the food. He said, that is so weird, signing somebody else's name. I said, they give you a hard time about it? No, 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 it's just strange signing your name. And it made me think, you know what? He could sign my name because he had my authority to sign the name. If he'd have been questioned about signing my name, I would have said, yes, I told him it was okay to use my name. The problem comes is when you step into a place and you hand over the card and you sign somebody's name pretending to be that person, but they have given you no authority to use their name. That's where the trouble comes in. It's a dangerous thing to use someone else's authority without knowing who they are or having their permission as these seven sons of Siva are about to find out. So follow what's happening here in this text. Paul's got miracles going left and right. I mean, he doesn't even have to touch them. Joe, he just handed them cloth. You know, they're taking uh, pieces of cloth and they're saying, take that to whoever's sick and they take it to whoever's sick and boom, the devil's gone out of them. Or they get up and they walk or their, he their hearing is restored or their sight is restored, whatever. He's he, he got it going on. Everybody's talking about what's taking place. Revival is, is there. They're not talking about something that's far off. They are experiencing the power of God on a daily basis. You know what? There's something to be said about momentum. When a church is in momentum, it's easy to preach certain things. When a church is in momentum, it's easy to invite somebody out. Why? Because you know that there's going to be an excitement, that there's going to be something that takes place. It's difficult when things are kind of at a, on the scale of doldrums. When things aren't really happening like you wish that they would. But Paul's not got that problem. Paul has got things going on, and, and people are being filled with the Holy Ghost, and people are being baptized everywhere he turns, and, and you've always got those taggers along that are not there because they believe in what you're doing, but because they want to try to receive some of the afterflow. They would like to receive, they would like to tag on to certain things and benefit from some things that they have never sacrificed for. You ask us why we believe in worshiping the way we do, because worship becomes a sacrifice before the Lord. Amen. There was never a fire. You could never have the fire or the light in the Holy of Holies without first going to the altar of sacrifice. If you want the Holy Ghost to move, first you have to have some sacrifice take place. Don't ever be afraid of sacrificing for the 
Holy Ghost always follows the sacrifice. The Spirit will always follow the sacrifice. So people came along that wanted to prosper off of the one that Paul was proclaiming to serve, the one that he identified with. They weren't interested in changing who they really were. They weren't interested in following Paul and committing to Paul and Paul's doctrine uh, that he was preaching about Jesus Christ. They weren't concerned with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. They just liked the fire. They just liked the power that came when Paul preached in the name of Jesus, when Paul healed people in the name of Jesus, because everybody was talking about it, and they wanted to hone in on that. They wanted to key in on that. The Bible tells us there were some identity thieves following following in Paul's wake of revival. They were trying to simply prosper off of what was taking place. They weren't real disciples. The Bible tells us and calls them vagabonds, simply nothing more than drifters, no ties to anything. They just went wherever they could make a buck. They went wherever they could sponge off of somebody else's good name. And they saw what Paul was doing, and they said, hey, I think we could do that. I think we could call upon the same name. You see, back in those days, a lot of the sorcery that was going on, a lot of the witchcraft was going, that was going on, what they would do was they would call upon the name of the God, which was actually demonic spirits that would fulfill and and make their their miracles happen. There was power in the name, even in the name of the dark spirits. There's power. And Paul wasn't using a dark spirit. Paul was using the name of Jesus, which is the greatest name. It's a name that's above all other names. It's that name that all the demons tremble. Amen. It shakes them up when they hear the name of Jesus Christ. They said, we don't have to know him. All we got to do is use his name. If we know the name, it's good enough. Because in that name, there is power. Not everyone that uses the name of Jesus is doing so with his approval. You see, Christian walked in there and he had my approval, but if he had not had my approval, or if it had been some stranger that had used my card, I would be very upset. I would be calling the law. I would be getting a lawyer. I would be trying to have that man prosecuted. Why? Because he did not have my authority. And these men walked in and they began to throw a name around that they had no authority to use because they didn't know the one that owned the name. See, God may honor his name. There always comes a time. There always comes an incident. There always comes a spirit that will challenge and cause the chaff to get separated from the wheat. I notice that I get treated differently in the way that when I'm dressed a certain way other than some other ways. I've talked about this before. They used to call it dress for success. 
Now, <clears throat> my secular job, if I went in dressed like this, they'd probably send me home. Probably wouldn't make sense. And that's why I throw on my good old FedEx uniform. Been wearing their uniform for over three decades now. It identifies me with the company that I work for. I can walk in, tell them somebody the other day, I, I said, my FedEx uniform, all I got to do is walk in with confidence, like I know where I'm going. I can go just about anywhere. Open that door, go through, down those stairs. I can hit, hit that hallway. Nobody says a word, especially if I got a FedEx envelope in my hand, like I'm headed someplace to somebody important. Don't anybody stop me. I've got a mission. It offers me and grants me access, but, but there are times, and there, there was a time just not too long ago when... <clears throat> I had a hospital visit. I, I don't like to wear my FedEx clothes into the hospital for hospital visits. You know, when you sign on the dotted line for that free parking because you're a minister, they look at you like, oh, so you're, you're a pastor, huh? Standing here in your FedEx garb, you know? It makes me feel like I'm a liar, even though I'm not. I don't want to be identified when I'm doing the Lord's work for working for FedEx. I want to be identified with Him. And so I dress kind of nice, kind of like this, and maybe without the tie, and so I, I was dressed real nice one day. I, I had a hospital visit, and I had gone into the restroom there at work to change, and I had a little time before I needed to head over to the hospital. So I went into the office there with our office workers, and I sat down at one of the desks that were open, and I began to just have conversation with the coworkers that I was working with, and all of a sudden, in comes this guy. He's one of our security guys, and being a security guy, he's kind of like a detective. I mean, if there's theft or anything going on, uh, then he's the guy that comes in and, and finds out who's doing it, you know, checks the cameras and does all these things. And he's kind of like our in-house detective. And, and they will fire people if they catch you stealing. He's the guy that does it. And so I, I've known this guy, I've seen this guy for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. I mean, he's been with FedEx a long time. I've been with FedEx a long time. But I was sitting at the desk dressed really nicely like this, and the guy came walking in now. I, in my recollection over the years that I have worked at FedEx, I don't ever remember this guy ever addressing me. I don't ever remember him walking in and saying, hey, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? He, he's never approached me that way. He's always come in, done his business, probably because he thinks I may one day have to fire that guy, and I really don't want to get too close to him. Maybe that's why. I really don't know why. Maybe he's just a jerk. I'm not sure. And I was sitting there on this day, and this guy come walking in, and I immediately recognized that he took notice of me. And I could see the wheels clicking in his head. Who is this guy? Because I wasn't dressed to identify with FedEx. I was dressed in a way that made him curious about, is this some big wig from corporate that I need to worry about? Maybe somebody's been investigating me. <laughs> Is this the guy that's going to replace me? And it was kind of funny because I was thinking, you know, I could have just introduced myself and told him, hey, it's just me, you know, I'm, uh, but I didn't. I thought I'm going to run with this a little while and see how far this, this goes. And so, <clears throat> so he began to ask me probing questions, and I was laughing on the inside because I could tell he was really curious about who I was. And so, you know, he would ask me different things, and I would just give him just the, the, the least amount of information I could to keep my identity 
uh, from being revealed to him. And he just kept on going. You know, he is a detective. He, he, that's what he does. He tried to find out answers, find out who people are. And so it was in his blood to do this. And he just kept going on and going on. And he was having this whole conversation with me, wondering who I was. And finally, I said, hey, I got to be honest with you. I said, I'm just a part-timer here. I said, I, I said you and I, you've seen me a hundred times in here. I said, it's just me, the, the part-timer, uh, Doug Rice. You know, I said, I've been around forever. He's like, oh, I knew you looked familiar. And then he was kind of backing up a little bit, you know. And, and uh, so I, I, time for me to leave. And, and the, the guy says, all right, well, hey, it's great to meet you. And I looked at, I wanted to say, dude, you've, you've been meeting me for 30 years. You've seen this ugly mug for three decades. But now, today, you don't identify me as a courier. You identify me as something else. Let me tell you, your identity as a Christian is important. Don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't dress right. Don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't talk right. Don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't witness for Jesus Christ because your identity in him is something that needs protected. Same guy that had ignored me for three decades was talking simply because he identified me differently by the way I was dressed. I go to hospitals, I'm treated differently when I'm dressed in a suit than when I go in my FedEx uniform. It's, it, I've done it a hundred times. There's been times I try to try to get out of it, but maybe I wasn't expecting I have to run to a hospital or have to go make a visit someplace and I, I don't have my nice clothes to change into, and so I have to go, and, and I can tell, you know, people are courteous, but they basically just ignore me, but when I walk in like this, I was laughing, I told my wife one day, I said, I, got, I get nurses that nod their head at me, I, I get other doctors that address me when the elevators, people walking down, they smile at me, and I said, I'd be fun to one day just, just get a little stethoscope and throw it around my neck and walk down the hallway, you know, and really pretend that I'm somebody. But ain't nobody want to hear over the intercom calling Dr. Rice, Dr. Doug Rice, would you come to perform their surgery right now? Because right then and there, I'd be called on the carpet. You see a scalp in my hand, friend, you better run quick. Because I don't know what I'm doing. I may look the part, but I cannot perform the duty. I may look... Like I identify as something, but there are some telltale signs. Sooner or later, something will come along. And I think that's what COVID has done. COVID has come along and it has separated those that are committed to Christ and his cause to those that were just here out of convenience. Hey man, I want to have something that identifies me with him through thick and thin. Seven sons of Siva having a good time playing church till they run across a real devil. There's going to be a real demon that you'll have to face one day. A real trial. A real struggle. Not this patty cake stuff. 
not this getting dressed up. It's going to be down and dirty. It's going to be in the mud. You're going to wonder how you're going to survive, and it's going to be in that moment where you're either going to be uh, victorious or you're going to fail miserably. And the difference between those that are, that are victorious and those that fail is how committed they are to Christ. Do they identify with him? Are they willing to do whatever he calls them to do? Or are they just here trying to catch the tail end of somebody else's blessing? Don't let anybody steal your identity in Christ. Because without him, if you don't know him, if you don't really know him beyond just his name, you're just a wanderer and a vagabond. We have to know him. It's got to be more than Sunday service. It's got to be more than a Wednesday night Bible study. It's got to be more than a what would Jesus do bumper sticker on the back of your car. It's got to be more than a cross that hangs around somebody's neck. There must be something inside of us that identifies with him. Yes, yes. We're headed to Tennessee a little over a week ago, Saturday. We could go from yesterday. This is the first year that we haven't all tried to pile in one vehicle, throw all the, you know, stuff on top. The families just keep growing. Just keep on having grandbabies, huh? <laughs> By the way, just, <clears throat> we have a big announce, announcement to make. I might as well do it right here. Mallory's pregnant. <laughs> We never announced that. I just want to make sure everybody knew. <laughs> she just radiates. She, she's beautiful. She's a beautiful lady. I can say that for those of you on podcasts that are listening because that's my daughter, okay? I'm not just calling all the women in this church beautiful. I'm not picking some random woman out. I'm talking about my daughter here for those that may not know who is Mallory is. You got to do that these days. You don't know who's listening. So we had a caravan, three cars, the Anglins, the Joneses, the Rices, Landon and Chloe weren't able to go with us this year, and Callan, so they're doing their own thing this year. And so we had three cars that were traveling down. I told Bryce, I said, lead the way. They'd kind of put the, the most of it together this year. I kind of backed off and let them take the lead. And uh, it was nice just to be able to follow. And so I got behind Bryce and we took off out of Spartan got down on the interstate. We were somewhere down in Kentucky, and I was following Bryce. They've got that car, and there's not a whole lot out there. And I'd been following him for a long time. Christian was behind me, following me uh, with Morgan and their two children. So <clears throat> we're behind we're behind Bryce and Mallory, and we're just cruising down. We're, we're, we're moving our way. We're all excited about being on vacation together. And, and I, I told my wife, I said, ah. I said, they've got a... They got a dent on the back of their car. That I said that wasn't there. I turned the radio down. It got serious. <laughs> I said that dent was not there when we left this morning. What did they do? I started thinking. We stopped it. We stopped and had breakfast at Cracker Barrel, just like I, I told you we would. We were going to eat Cracker Barrel. And, and I thought, where, where did they get that? Oh, my goodness. I, I wonder if they backed into something. 
and I got to looking at it and I turned the radio back up and kind of got distracted again. I got to looking at it, turned the radio back down. I was like, where did they go that their car got dirty like that? that car, their car wasn't that dirty. Turn the radio back up, just cruising, you know, trying to get up. We had cars in between us. It's like I, I got up finally close enough. We, you know, we did that the whole seven hours. You know, we'd be, have a mile and a half between us sometimes. We could tell they were way up there, and the other times we were pretty, just right behind them. I got up close behind them. I'm looking at them like, they don't have Kentucky license plates. <laughs> and I panicked. I mean, all of a sudden, I, 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 I realized I had been following the wrong car. I knew that now, but what I didn't know was how long have I been following the wrong car? I thought, am I on the right road? Am I even in the right state? I mean, I haven't been following the right people for a long time. And even though there were some little telltale, now the, the car was the exact same vehicle, but there were some little signs that if I'd have thought about it, would have told me that that was not who I should have been following, not who I thought I was following, but I didn't pay attention. And that's why the Bible tells us be sober, be vigilant. I wasn't drunk driving. I just wasn't paying attention, okay? I, I wasn't sober enough. I wasn't vigilant enough. There were some things telling me that something was wrong, but I was ignoring the signs. Don't ignore the signs when you're trying to make it to heaven, when you're in a place that somebody's telling you some things that just don't add up. Make sure you're following the right leader. Make sure you're following the man of God that's preaching you the truth in love. Otherwise, you'll wind up in a destination that was not your choosing. Can't ignore the small things that identify us with Jesus Christ. There's people that will tell you, that don't matter no more. Why are you worried about that? That's old-fashioned. There's people that will tell you, hey, you don't have to live like that to be saved. I hope they're right. I really do. I hope there's more people in heaven than what I expect to be there. I hope there's some people that show up there that shock the socks off of me because God is that kind of a gracious God. But let me tell you something. I'm not taking any chances. I don't want to identify with this world more than I identify with Jesus Christ. Whatever he asked me to do, I want to identify with him. I don't want to follow some lookalike. I don't want to follow some charlatan. I want to follow the truth that I find in the world. Word of God, because it will take me where I'm trying to reach. Why do you preach holiness? Why do you preach modesty? Why do you preach clean living? Why do you preach dedication? Why do you preach commitment? Why do you preach all those things? Those same things, they don't really fit with the modern illusion of what church should be. I preach them because I'm protecting our identity. Because if we lose our identity and we only know the name, but not the one that carries the name, 
There will come a day that we'll find ourselves separated from what we thought we would be. We must have our identity in Him, and that is an identity that must be protected even if it costs us our life. It must be protected. Would you stand today? Got to know who we are. We can't forget who we have been called to be. I know we go through tough times. This last year has been a nightmare. It's been, it's been pitiful. First year in the history of my pastorate here, 16 years, where nobody received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay, the year's over. We can't go back and do anything else about that, but today is a new day. And we can't sit back looking back on all the reasons why and all the things that we had to face, but we have to start today. We can't let something come in and steal our identity. We can't become so comfortable and relaxed that we just say, hey, we, we've been just going to one-hour services for the last year. Now that's all I think I need. No, we can't look at Wednesday night as being something that is extracurricular. No, we need these things, and I'm going to preach these things whether I get booed or I get a man because I want to identify with him and I want us to be saved and I want us to have him first and I want us to know who we are don't let anyone or anything steal your identity Would you bow your heads with me today I'm going to ask you a question I don't want you to raise a hand. I just want you to just let this question soak into your heart, your spirit this morning. Question is this. Is your relationship with the Creator one that is close enough that you can walk in His authority and use His name without hesitation? Or are you finding yourself beaten down by the evils of this world? Running out of your own house. Beaten and naked. It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Doesn't matter what our excuse might be, it's not gonna be good enough. It's not gonna, it's not gonna make us feel any better if we hear depart from me. I never knew you. But God, I, you don't know my background. Oh, yes, I do. You don't know what I was going through. Was it crucifixion? Was it nails in your hands and feet? Was it a cat of nine tails across your back? Come on, stack what you're going through up against what he went through and then tell me Tell me that he doesn't understand. And the only thing that kept him there was his love for you. He wanted you to be able to stand with him, to identify with him, to fall under his protection. He wants you to be able to use his name to get you through the disaster that you might be going through.
He wants you to be able to call upon his name with authority and find that every demon in hell is trembling at the sound of that name as it comes out of your lips. He wants you to have power. He wants you to have authority. But in order for that to take place, you've got to know the one who has the name, not just the name. Feel the presence of the Lord in this place. There's a convicting power right now, I think, that is trying to draw us to a place of prayer. I know most of you, this message is preaching to the choir. I love that about this church. But I dare say this morning, there, there are some here today that you've been frustrated in the past because You've spoken the name, but you've not felt the power of that name. You've not seen the results that you wanted to see. So I would just invite those that would today as they begin to sing this song. Would you come down and make his acquaintance? You don't want the devils when you speak to them to say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? I don't want the devils to say, Landmark who? Glenn Bishop who? I want them to know my name. I want them to know who I stand with. I wonder if we could take a few moments this morning at the close of this service to really just fall in love with him again. Oh, that song that we sang earlier, just because of who he is. I don't love him because of the power that he gives me over my enemies. I don't love him because of the benefits. Oh, those are all nice things. I don't love him because he affords me protection. I simply love him because he is God. And I want to have a relationship with him. I want him to know me and I want to know him. And in doing that, he will afford me the authority. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.